freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to episode 87 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm Dan Todd. We have a great show today. It's the Mother's Day edition 2017. Woohoo! So that probably means after I get through here, I probably won't get to talk anymore because of... Because um, <laughs> it's Mother's Day and our daughter's sitting in the studio with us. Uh, what are you trying to say, Dan? Probably you going to get yourself in trouble right now? Trying to say. <laughs> yes, trying to yeah, be active I'm, word here. I'm going to get all the words I can in now. <laughs> we have a great uh, lineup of guests today. We have Monica Hillis. She was born and raised in Columbia. She lived there in her early 20s. Then she met her husband and moved to the USA. She has one son, is a part-time business owner, and a full-time housewife. She is now deeply involved with the NRA's woman leadership and mentoring her friends to use firearms safely. We're going to talk to her about her culture shock of coming from a country where guns have been removed from the citizens to a country where we battle daily to keep that from happening here. That's profound. Yes. Um, we just don't know what we have until, you know. It's so true. And all yeah. we have to do is flip on the news. I, I can't. Right. It's confusing to me how it seems like it's such a mystery uh, to people that, you know, oh, so what would socialism possibly do to America? I don't know. Open a history book. But when you say you flip know, on the turn news. Turn on the news. Let's look at Venezuela. Let's look at uh, Argentina. But when you say flip on the news, you have to have two different categories for that now. You have real news and fake news. Ah. So which one do you want them to flip on? Well, you know what? I say get your source, your news source from multiple Right. Uh, places and definitely listen to things that you know you're going to disagree with. Listen to things you believe you're going to agree with, and you know try to sort it out for yourself. Critical thinking skills are sure they're at a we're they're not as rele- uh, as readily available as they used to be. I don't know if they're teaching that in school anymore. No, we also have Laura Carno, a political strategist, setting straight the relationship between citizens and their government. She is a founder of I Am Created Equal. And the author of, I love this title, Government Ruins Nearly Everything. Laura is a mom and a grandma and is here today to talk to us about the Faster Saves Lives program that can save the lives of school children across the nation. We also have Linda Walker, one of the 13 women who currently sit on the NRA Rifles Association's Board of Directors. And in her hometown of Ohio, she is a vice president of Buckeye Firearms Association. She and her husband, Jim, have been married 39 years and have three patriots for sons, three awesome daughters-in-law, and three wonderful grandkids who like to shoot, too. She has three grandkids. Did you, you hear yourself say that? How do you do that? She's got three grandkids. Wow. <laughs> yes, the, and you have one. The faint wow you hear in the background is, of course, our next guest that Dan's going to uh, introduce. Yes, we have Cassie Todd Jameson. Our daughter, 
She is also the manager of Pot of Gold Auctions and handles all the social media for AZ Firearms, Pot of Gold Auctions, and Gun Freedom Radio. She is married to Jason Jamison and has a beautiful, uh, really beautiful, I mean, fantastic, <laughs> great daughter, Raylan. She has been You're a little partial, she Grandpa. Grown, yeah, she has grown up around the firearms and understands the importance of Second Amendment as well as a gun safety with having a child in the home, which is a super huge responsibility. And I, I really appreciate what she's doing with that. Absolutely. But, of course, we always have to give her the rib about, uh, you know, Raylan is amazing. But I still have, I have two arms, so I could hold two babies. So it's good for you. <laughs> it's, you know what? The only thing is, the reason why I'm a little cautious with that is she's already got perfect. Uh, so what are you going to do? It's true. We're going to have, oh, we got a perfect grandkid oh and then my. the double. <laughs> You're so that's awful, Dan. That's awful. Um, I want to spoil this one. Well, I think we're doing a pretty yeah. good job of that. Uh, we also have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report, and we've got a really packed show. So I'm not positive we're going to get to Dan's commentary. Um, okay. <laughs> but we're going to definitely try. All right. Hey, so what a week we had. We did, and I do want to start with a, you know, a serious and somber note. Uh, we've lost one of our own in the gun community, and our thoughts and prayers do go out to the, the friends and family and the entire uh, Second Amendment community uh, for the loss of Bob Owens, who's the editor of BearingArms.com. There's uh, a saying that we have begun using when we lose one of our own, and that is, we are diminished, and uh, we are certainly diminished by the loss of our dear friend Bob. Yes. Prayers out for the family. Absolutely. Um, And uh, a a lighter note, uh, a a more positive note, is um, we had a wonderful opportunity this past week to have a special class at azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Uh, Do you remember what class that was, Dan? That was Black Guns Matter, and it was awesome. Maj did a fantastic job. We had all kinds of guests there that really um, brought some good insight to the community. Yes, Maj Ture, he's been um, a fairly regular guest on our show here and has truly become a friend. Uh, He and his publicist, Janine, came out uh, all the way from Philadelphia, and held a class in Avondale, Arizona. And, you know, they are so good at their social media, at their uh, reaching out to the communities that they serve, because what Black Guns Matter does is they go into the urban communities and help them to understand, you know, stuff that maybe we aren't taught in schools anymore, and especially in, you know, poor inner city areas where, you know, their schools are infamously... Uh, bad at uh, connecting the children with civics, right, with history, things like that. So Maj is reconnecting these communities with the idea, the truth, that the Constitution is for everyone. The Second Amendment is for everyone. It's not just like, you know, for the Republicans. And a lot of these communities generationally vote uh, Democrat. And so, you know, in so many ways, they've been sort of separated from the idea of of understanding and realizing that, um, you know, 
they they can walk into a gun shop just like everybody else and and enact and enjoy their second amendment rights but but maj also helps them understand like in this city you have to have a permit before you own a gun in another city like here in arizona you don't have to have a permit you still have to go through the background check when you buy through a store so he's helping connect all these dots he brought in a firearms trainer he brought in a self-defense lawyer because it's very important to understand the ramifications if you do have to use a firearm in self-defense okay now what happens right um who else did we have there down it was the ACCDL uh, the Arizona Citizens Defense League talking about you know the the laws as far as you know the lawyers dealing with self-defense law the ACCDL is dealing with uh, Capitol Hill here in in Arizona uh, blocking bad bills enacting good bills um, who else do we have out there just an awesome people Jeff Knox was there um, he's with the firearms coalition um, he and his family are uh, deeply ingrained in the, the NRA. And that was a f- kind of a fun moment uh, in the class because, you know, Maj uh, asked uh, the room full of people, which was an amazing... Standing room only. Yes. And there were every age. There was every socioeconomic demographic. There was every color. Uh, it was an amazing group of people. And so Maj said, okay, so how many people here have heard that the NRA is racist? And a lot of hands went up. And so just kind of extemporaneously, Jeff Knox said, well, you know, the thing is, there are people out there that are going to tell you that because they want to keep you separated from the NRA. But, you know, Maj DeRay was at the NRA working the floor and taking interviews and everything else. And they're... we are much more multicultural in the NRA than than what uh, whoever they are. Right, wants and we you were at we were at their NRA thing last week in in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'll tell you, there's no way that the NRA is racist. You just look through that crowd of people. There's every every kind of person, and they're all got big old smiles on their face, and they all felt welcome. It was just amazing. So. I can see how the, the media, they want to divide. But I'll tell you, if a room full of people walked in were Democrats, I think the room of full of people that walked out might have had a change in mind. It, you know, it was so interesting because we greeted everyone when they came in. We shook hands with everyone as they left. And, you know, this is a gun safety class. And the word that we heard repeated the most as people were leaving and saying, thank you so much for hosting this, for bringing this together. The word we heard the most was beautiful. I heard that over and over. They said, this was beautiful. Well, I was at the front door. (laughs) So they were talking about you? Well, I don't know. Is that what's going on here, Dan? Maybe. But but honestly, it... uh, you know, if, you, if you're leaving church and you hear that, that's one thing. But this was a, a gun safety class. And, you know, people's eyes were open. Their lives were changed. And that's what Maj Ture with Black Guns Matter is doing all across this nation. And we are here to challenge other local ranges in every single state because he's on a 50-state tour. Local gun shops in every state. It's your turn. Yeah, and I have to say Post that- him. I have to say, all those people came to learn something. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I learned more than any of them. It's true. I was the one that learned the most from this. So 
everyone out there that has an opportunity to, to do this class needs to do this class because you'll learn. You will learn something. You will. And, you know, we heard several of the people also as they were leaving saying, you know, I actually didn't know this gun shop was here, but I'm coming back. This is now my store. You know, you host things like this. You, you're caring for the community in this way and education in this way and safety in this way. We want to support you. So it is a win, win, win all the way around. And I'm challenging anyone who's listening who has the ability to bring Maj out and host him at a range or a gun shop in any state in the nation, you are challenged. Right. And we had, this was on Cinco de Mayo. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a big event in our, in Arizona. Mm-hmm. It is everywhere, I guess, but really in Arizona. And you know, people drove, one group drove over 60 miles one way. Wow. On their Friday night. Yep. Cinco de Mayo day. It's amazing. It was amazing. I can't say enough good about it. And uh, just for a quick uh, snippet of what the NRA uh, meetings in Georgia looked like, go to the webpage, officialblackgunsmatter.com. Maj has just posted up a great little sizzle reel of uh, the people he interacted with. And then you compare that to some of the news stories that tried to paint it like, you know, well, it was a few bearded white guys that showed up in a concrete building somewhere in in Georgia. And you judge for yourself. All right. Well, we have got to break for commercial. And when we come back, we are with Monica Hillis. And she's got lots to tell us about the, the differences in culture between where she grew up in Colombia and here in America and how she has become so deeply involved with the NRA Women's Leadership Forum right after this. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot of Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldestate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Cogger sent you. Come in and stake your claim with some live auction action at Pot of Gold Estate Auctions. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Hey, everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, 
military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our theme today is Mother's Day, and our first guest is Monica Hillis. She was born and raised in Columbia. She lived here until her tw- lived there until her early 20s when she met her husband and moved to the USA. She has one son, is a part-time business owner and a full-time housewife. She is now deeply involved with the NRA Women's Leadership Forum and mentoring her friends to use firearms safely. And we're going to talk with her today about the culture shock of coming from a country where guns have been removed from the citizens to a country here where we battle daily to keep that from happening in our own country. So welcome to the show, Miss Monica. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you so much for having me in your show. Absolutely. We are so excited you're here. Now, Dan's here with me, too. We like to try to give him a word in edgewise every once in a while, but... (laughs) That's okay, Monica. Welcome to the show. I I know where to set my corner. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, Monica, you have fully embraced the American culture, and you are even an entrepreneur. So, before we dive into all the, the NRA stuff... Tell us about your business. What business is it? How is it going? How did you think to start it? Okay, so um, when I um, when I came to this beautiful country in my early 1990s, I was very impressed about the products uh, made in USA. You know, going through the shops and all that, and uh, I. Then down the road, I started, you know, they, all the products uh, made in USA started disappearing, and uh, China took over. So, but don't get me wrong, uh, I, I think we should be proud of our factories and embrace them, and uh, we shouldn't allow the government to uh, make uh, stronger regulations and take over and kill them. So it's kind of you know sad um so when i was growing up i learned uh, watching my mom sewing knitting um and many other things and uh, so i then i said well i think i can start making things made in usa and supporting our country so i'm so lucky to be here and so i started working uh, making some products uh, for the shooting group uh, like gun covers and uh, clothing uh, some decor like placemats and uh, also coasters and uh, and the animal print or camel print and um, and more. Oh, wow! Like and so, what's the name of your company? Um, it's called uh, Bella's Art USA. Bella's. And, uh, yeah, Bella's. Bella's Art USA. B e l l a s, right? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Correct. Awesome. So American-made products. So we always uh, feel yeah. proud when we 
pick something up off a shelf and see made in the USA. Exactly. Yes, ma'am. So you grew up in a very traditional family in Colombia. And here in America, we've gotten, you know, so confused that, you know, if you love one thing, that somehow makes you appear hateful toward another. And we seem to be struggling with the ideas of tradition as being somehow backward thinking. But you proudly say, you know, I even read in your opening, uh, your introduction, that you, you came from a traditional family, that you live in a traditional family, you enjoy being a housewife. How do you feel about traditional family values? Well, I am very uh, blessed and, uh, and lucky to have a traditional family, and um, and I think it's important to hold on to our traditions and embrace the, the values that uh, are connect, connecting uh, with our customs. And to the, uh, I think we're. I feel today where the connectivity with the family values or allegiance into our community and uh, into our country, and we're losing so much of that. Um, like, uh, and, it, and I think it starts at home, um, in, embracing our, you know, praying together, uh, playing uh, together, and perhaps, mm-hmm. you know, enjoying the, uh, the outdoors and uh, also, you know, shooting together as a family i think is is important and 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 i have i have uh chose to to embrace that with my son and he's always very happy to be and playing things with us which i am very proud of you know i we have been very blessed that way as well we you know being entrepreneurs ourselves you know you have seasons of plenty and then you have seasons of uh scraping pennies together and, you know, so our family has really always enjoyed spending time just playing board games. You know, do people even yeah. do that anymore? Or are we like the oddballs? No, no. I think um, our son is, is, it came right from there. We always have done that. And, and it's lovely when he comes up. Oh, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? Let's, let's put a card game out. And it's awesome. We really, and my, our daughter is now 20, she's sitting in the studio right here next to me, 27, did I, yep, I said it oh right, my. and uh, her, so thank you, and her and her husband, you know, they enjoy spending time with us, go figure, because she grew up enjoying spending time with us, and so that is how I think we pass along from generation to generation the idea that you know, families don't have to always end up being at odds and having fissures and falling out, fallings out. And so, you know, those things are going to happen, but, but you can always come back around and, and heal any wounds as long as you've got that solid foundation, don't you think? I think so. And I think uh, the electronics have taken over. And uh, when um, our son is 23, and so he, uh, when he was little and he started having his phone i always had a rule no not not a phone when we're when we spend family together uh time together we have to stay as a family group and so your phone calls or whatever games come no first is family time and he has really done well with that when we're together and his phone rings he says, I'm sorry, I'm with my family, I'll call you later. And that's awesome. I think it's important, and we don't have that anymore in our family. 
you know what we we don't and i'm i'm sort of giggling a little here uh, on behind the microphone because my daughter who i mentioned is sitting in the uh the studio right next to me when you said that we we look at our phones too much i'm the one who's guilty of that and you should have seen the look she shot me <laughs> it's like, that is awesome okay it's got a little chilly in here all of a sudden but <laughs> so we can well, you all know you know we can all use that that advice that you just gave you know whether we're the the younger generation who grew up with those electronic gadgets attached to our hands or if we're my generation and, you know, I, I've kind of newly discovered them. And so it's uh, it's opened a whole new world to me. But it is about balance, <laughs> I think. Right. Yes, ma'am. That's correct. So, you know, you came, as we mentioned, from Colombia and the idea of freedom in Colombia is a completely different thing uh, than what it is here in America. You know, can you just spend a couple of minutes sort of comparing and contrasting and you know, what do you think when people are, you know, out there shouting that socialism is like the best thing on the planet and it's the way to save America? Like, how does that hit your ears? Um, I think it's ignorance um, to me. Um, I think our um, we got lost somehow and we think the government uh, has all the rights to tell us what's right and what's wrong. And I think uh, that's what happened in our countries, and and people are just not don't have the knowledge enough to to go out there and say, hey, no, this this is not right, because we we get shout out, you know, our countries are are especially the media. I think the media has a big part of, on it, and especially nowadays. So you know, I I, I am so blessed that um, that God brought me to this country. And I, he definitely had a plan for me, and uh, I'm just, to me, I'm following his plan and to embrace our freedoms uh, that this country offers. Um, I became very, um, a, a big supporter of our Second Amendment, and I try to embrace it with all my friends. Um, I don't really want the government to take over and I will defend it with all my heart I'm telling you I am very you know after uh, I went back from non non wanting guns to having guns is like oh my goodness now you're not taking this fun away from me <laughs> so, um, and how did that transition I, I, happen like how was it your husband that that kind of introduced you into the the second amendment uh, world or was it your son well, it actually, you know, um, he, we came, I came to this country, and I was going through my husband's, uh, you know, drawers and stuff when we first got married, and I encountered a pistol, a twenty-two, you know, revolver. And, uh, and I just secretly just grabbed a little cylinder, and I threw it away in a garbage can. <laughs> so, so I said, And oh, you're still so married? And I'm still married. So he came home, you know, later on, you know, he was going through his stuff, and he found uh, just a little skeleton out there laying out, <laughs> and it was like, what happened here? I said, nope, no guns here, and so he goes, what? Uh, okay, so anyway, that time went by, and uh, our neighbors got broken into their home. Our son just was getting, you know, older, and I mean, uh, he was in school, still in school, but he was like around 12 or so, and my husband traveled a lot, 
And so I said, they're, they're, I mean, their house got broken into, so they came home and their robbers were still at home. And we were just like, oh, my goodness, it could have happened to us. Exactly. So um, I said to my husband, you know what, okay, I changed my mind. Let's go get <laughs> Let's get go some dig through the trash. <laughs> yes. And so we, we started, you know, our route to inform how to become gun owners. And I'm very proud to say that I took, it took me three, uh, a weekend class. Mm-hmm. to be able to say, I'm ready to conceal and carry, and I am very proud of that. Wow. Well, and I'm proud of you because to be able to open your, your mind to these new ideas is a lot. There's a lot of people that can't do that, won't let themselves do that. Right. So, And I'm proud of your husband for sticking around after you <laughs> took his gun apart. That's awesome. I know. I know. He's awesome. That's why I'm, you know, we're, we're in love, infatuated love. <laughs> we have, we have a lot of fun together and now shooting especially, but you know, also, you know, being uh, the weaker, you know, sex, you know, kind of thing for women and, and people think, oh, you women shouldn't carry or whatever. Um, I, I, I tell my girlfriends now, I say, you know, we have the constitutional right. And uh, we, we need to uh, go out and learn. And normally they say, well, the, the man is around and my husband is around. He has a gun. And I said, no, excuse me, what happened when he's not around and you don't have anything to protect yourself? So, you know, I'm breaking that into my friends and putting the little bug in their brain. And I think it's, it's good that now they're coming. Oh, yeah, Monica, you might be right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I... I Absolutely. Well, and and so it's so powerful when we learn from our peers, from our girlfriends. Um, And so I I really appreciate that you are, you know, helping people to see that this is an opportunity. That doesn't mean that a gun is right for everyone. And I'm sure you're not, you know, a pusher. (laughs) You're just opening opportunities. But I want to get to something that you and I talked about while we were in Atlanta, Georgia, at the 2017 NRA annual meeting. And this is a cruise that you were telling us about that's being planned for just after the 2018 NRA annual meeting. Can you talk talk to us a little bit about the details of that? Yes, ma'am. We, uh, after, you know, the great successful NRA meeting in 2018, it would be nice to have like a a sail away from Galveston on May 6th. And then uh, with friends like um, Hillary and Mac Rojo and my husband, I uh, have planned a seven night and eight day excursion. So uh, it's for the Western Caribbean, uh, it's called the Freedom uh, Class, and, uh, and so we're going to Honduras, uh, Belize, uh, Cozumel, and uh, so it will be nice to be with like-minded people that, you know, we share the same, um, you know, freedoms and, and uh, same knowledge on, on the Second Amendment, so it will be a lot of fun. So hopefully people can, can, uh, can come and join us. That would be phenomenal. So how do people find out more about that? Uh, well, I have given you the little, um, uh, well, you, you know, the little uh, brochure mm-hmm. on that, the flyer. Um, but, you know, just uh, call, you can 
they can call me. I'm going to try to spread the word around because word of mouth is very important, and you know women. So we, we, um, and I have a Facebook uh, account, so they can look at me and my Facebook account. I'm going to be posting that in there as well. Very good, and that is Monica Hillis, M-O-N-I-C-A-H-I-L-L-I-S. All right. And and can I can I uh, ask you something? Mm-hmm. I sure. I also you know I have been shooting with uh, a friend of ours that she had put a, a Sure Shot Annie's uh, group uh, together for sporting clays, and so yeah, I would like to mention that we go out and we are planning also an NRA shooting uh, for next fall, so that would be also uh, nice to um, teach some new shooters and to embrace the shooters that are already you know, have the, the opportunity that, um, to have some fun together and go out and, and enjoy our freedom. Absolutely. Do you have the, the date and the place for that? No, we're working on it. We're okay. just actually today, she's coming to my house and we are going to be working on the scheduling. So I'll, I'll just probably put it posted on as, as well on Facebook and awesome. through the NRA annual. Yes. So it uh, sounds like I'm going to have to have you back on so we can talk about that once you get all your plans organized. Yes, that will be awesome. Fantastic. Thank you. And, uh, you know, you are involved in the, the NRA Women's Leadership Forum. Um, can you just real quickly as we're wrapping up, tell folks a little yes. bit more about how they can get involved in that, how they can learn more about that? Okay. Um, is the... Um we get together at the annual meetings, and uh, also uh, they they talk about it in our women's luncheon. And also, they um, we ask for donors, and that's how they get involved and to join. And um, and of course, it's the word of mouth. Uh, we just we just spread our word and tell them how great and awesome our group is. Uh, you can also probably call Jennifer Craig Booster and. Uh, she is, um, you know, the leader on that, mm-hmm. and, and also Susan Lapierre, I mean, and Janet Nice. They are just wonderful ladies that have been working so hard to put this together, and we are growing. It's like, a, and you've been there, so that's how I met you. And so yes, um, I'm very, yes, it, it's been a great, great group. It's like I tell people it's a, it's a good virus to get. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. And there is a website for the NRA Women's Leadership Forum. It is N-R-A-W-L. F for Women's Leadership Forum, N-R-A-W-L-F, uh, no spaces, no dashes. Um, there's also NRA Women.TV uh, for NRA Women's uh, programs and videos, that sort of thing. Lots of stuff being offered for the female market right now through the NRA, and, and I, for one, am loving it. And it did give me a wonderful opportunity to meet beautiful people like yourself and miss monica hillis thank you again so much for taking the time to be on with us today and i hope that you have a beautiful and wonderful and blessed mother's day oh thank you so much the same to all of you and all the the audience and uh, your show it was lovely to meet your daughter and um I'm sure we're going to keep on talking and to spread our word. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Monica. Bye-bye now. Bye. Take care. You too. Okay. Well, coming up next, we have another mom, since we're having a Mother's Day show today. 
Laura Carnow. Now, she is a political strategist. She's the founder of I Am Created Equal, the author of Government Ruins Nearly Everything, and she's going to be talking to us about a program to save the lives of school children all across this nation called Faster Saves Lives, right after this. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. For straight shooting, look to the biggest little gun shop in the West, azfirearms.com, where they have everything you need to be a safe and responsible gun owner. Huge selection and a friendly and knowledgeable staff. They're my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too. And when you go, tell them old Don Collier sent you. For straight shooting, look to the biggest little gun shop in the West, azfirearms.com, where they have everything you need to be a safe and responsible gun owner. Huge selection and a friendly and knowledgeable staff. They're my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too. And when you go, tell them old Don Collier sent you. Come in for AZ Firearms huge gun buying event, taking place now until the end of the month. From single items to entire collections, AZ Firearms pays you the highest value for guns. Long guns, handguns, military, western, even your old brass and ammo. We buy it all. Find us online at azfirearms.com or visit us off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. Don't miss the AZ Firearms huge gun buying event. Now through the end of the month at azfirearms.com. Thanks for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And if you've missed any part of this show, please be sure to go to our website to find the recording. You'll just go to gunfreedomradio.com, click the On Demand tab, and you'll actually find every show we've done. So you could just sit there and binge listen to your heart's content. We don't hate it when you do that. So (laughs) there are 86 other episodes besides today. Uh, guests galore and speaking of guests that we also have on our website gunfreedomradio.com a guest tab if you click on that you can put a face with a voice so every person that we've ever interviewed has their own guest page with uh, photos and links to articles they've written articles that have been written about them uh, tv shows or news articles uh, shows that they've been on um books they've written perhaps like our next guest who is miss laura carno she's a political strategist setting straight the relationship between students and (laughs) between citizens and their government she is the founder of i am created equal and the author of government ruins nearly everything laura is a mom and a grandma and is here today to talk to us about the Faster Saves Lives program that can save the lives of school children all across 
the nation. Welcome to the show, Miss Laura. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we just had the wonderful opportunity to get to see each other in person in Atlanta at the NRA meetings, which is always a treat. Absolutely. It's good to see people that we only deal with over the phone or over social media in person and grab a drink and grab dinner and um, actually see one another face to face. It is a treat, I'm telling you. So, you know, the book I mentioned that you wrote, Government Ruins Nearly Everything. I love your book for the way that it challenges the way that we think. I mean, whichever side of the political aisle you're on, when you read that book, you're going to find yourself saying, yeah, but, uh, well, okay, Laura makes a good point. Maybe I have to open my mind, right? Uh, right, and and I appreciate you talking about both sides of, of the uh, issues. There is something in that book for everyone, whether you lean to the left or lean to the right. The idea of the book is if we have big societal issues, why would we turn them over to the government to fix? They actually break everything they touch. <laughs> That's true. And, um, and so I do, you talk about intellectual honesty, and uh, it's, it's difficult. I'm, I'm a conservative myself, and, and it's difficult for some conservatives to, to say, yeah, I do want the government butting out of, let's say, you know, my gun rights, mm-hmm. but I do want them weighing in on these other things that, that I'm concerned about. Um, okay, how has the government done in fixing the issue that you're concerned about? And I can just guarantee it, unless we're talking about the military, mm-hmm. um, there are very few things that government does better than the private sector, and, and that's what my book points out. You know, it's so true. And, you know, there just seems to be this lazy thought process now that, well, something ought to be done about fill in the blank. So instead yeah. of looking to, you know, local organizations or churches or, you know, all kinds of nonprofits that are out there, that that is what they do. That is their entire wheelhouse. Somehow we jump over all of that and say, well, the government should do this thing that I want done. And the government wasn't built to do so many of the things that we're asking it to do now. And so where we're poking fun at how poorly they run certain things they weren't designed. It was not designed to do the things that we're asking it to do. So no wonder. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's not It's not that there aren't some government employees who are very well-intentioned, because there are, mm-hmm. um, but the structure of government is simply not set up to fix big problems or little problems. And, and we see this played over and over in the government. There's a problem. And the government says, oh, let's get more money and throw it at the problem. Does the problem ever get better? It, it never gets better. It and doesn't. then they, they, they say, well, that must not have been enough money. Right. <laughs> so they throw more money at it. And meanwhile, we have a war on poverty that increased poverty. Mm. Um, you, you, look, you look at all of the war on whatever, and it has just made uh, problems worse, where we individuals mm-hmm. who wake up every morning saying, I see this problem and I'm going to go do something about it. We're the ones who actually can get our heads around fixing problems in our communities. Well, I could not have said that better myself. And I think it really brings us right around to the next thing I want to talk about, which is this idea of bringing uh, safety, like true safety, into our schools nationwide. 
And I think that the idea does demand what we've been talking about. It demands that we challenge the way that we think. I think it demands intellectual honesty. And you're asking schools to practice the same critical thinking skills uh, that we use in the other areas of our life to help keep children safe. Now, with that being said, can you help us understand what the Faster Saves Lives program is and why I'm kind of leaning into it maybe being a little controversial? Sure. Um, so Faster Saves Lives, and, and the, the acronym FASTER stands for Faculty, Administrator, Safety, Training, and Emergency Response. And uh, you and I know some of the great uh, uh, gun rights activists in Ohio, and the Ohio folks started FASTER in um, just right in the shadow of Sandy Hook. They said, we have to be able to do something. And so they have been uh, doing this training for the last five years. They've trained over um, 900 school staff members. And what faster training is, you think about it this way, the faster you can stop the bleeding, the faster you can stop the shooter, the fewer people die. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it is life-saving medical training. So think about in Sandy Hook. Medics weren't cleared to enter the buildings in Sandy Hook for 45 minutes. That's because they thought there was a second shooter and you're not going to let non-law enforcement people in where you think there's an active shooter. How many people died because nobody had advanced, um, essentially battlefield medical training, like being able to apply a chest seal or compression bandages or tourniquets? That is life-saving medical training. Uh, the other the other big component of faster training is stopping the shooter. So here in Colorado, where I live, it is perfectly legal for concealed carry holders who have the permission of their school board to be designated as a security officer in the school. And just as they would carry their concealed firearm when they were at the grocery store or wherever else they are during their day, they would be able to carry as a uh, as a person defined as a school safety officer at their school where they work. Um, that is perfectly legal here in Colorado. So for the people who are already doing that, already carrying, um, or whose uh, boards are thinking about, about that, um, we're offering that same faster training that they've been doing in Ohio for um, five years. And um, we're, there, there is a tuition uh, involved in it, but if, if, Schools can't afford it. We are raising scholarship money, just like they've done in Ohio. So we just want to train people. Um, it's already the law. People are already doing it. And we just want to give them the best world-class training at dealing with um, active shooter scenarios. Wow. You know, I think the one thing that you mentioned is, you know, applying aid, medical aid to people that are injured is something that I don't know why it's not on the top of our minds when we think about being in these emergency type situations. But, uh, you know, if you do have, what did you say? It's faculty, administration, uh, staff, right? FAS, what's the te Sa teachers? Faculty, faculty, administrator, safety training. Oh, safety training. And emergency response. Gotcha. Um, you know, it's brilliant. I, I see, to me, it just seems like a no brainer. I don't know why. I felt like I had to lead into this as though it's going to be, you know, received with pushback or like it's controversial because, like, why not? Why wouldn't we want this? Right. Yeah, with the experience they're having in Ohio, and, and God bless the folks at the Buckeye Firearms Foundation. I know you know lots of the, the folks there 
um, who've been doing this and perfecting it over the last five years, what they're finding now is although it was um, very controversial at first and they were kind of ridiculed at first, nobody's going to sign up for that training. Mm. When their first class of 24 people, they had 2,500 people register. Wow. huge response and we're expecting we'll we'll get that here in Colorado as well but what's fascinating is five years later the news barely covers it because it's become like you're saying well of course we would defend our children in schools Um, just like we do um, we have fire sprinklers and um, uh, fire extinguishers of course we're going to protect our children from things that could could happen to them in the course of a school day and, and I think, and I, my heart really goes out to the folks who, uh, who think that this is a terrible idea. Um, and, and I think that people come from a good place of, of not wanting to have violence and uh, not wanting to have to resort to um, armed school staff members. I, I get that. My heart, my heart is with them. I wish we didn't have to think this as well. Mm. But this is the reality. Um, bad guys many of whom shouldn't even have access to firearms are going in and killing innocent children and teachers. And you end up with these teachers who don't have any way to defend their children aside from putting their body between bullets and school children. And these aren't their own kids. It's other people's kids. Mm. And uh, think, think about that. Think about the, the bravery and courage of these people who just want to save their children. Now let's, say because this is reality there are some of those people who are concealed carry holders in the rest of their lives why wouldn't we want them to be able to stop the killer well exactly and i i've been frustrated these past years when people talk about teachers in terms of as though they're they're one-dimensional creatures like they only exist in the classroom and I don't know, what do they fold them up and put them in the closet and they don't have any, <laughs> anything else in their lives. And that is just such a, a, a childish and shallow way to view people in general. You know, teachers are, they're hunters, they're target shooters. They, some have pilot's license, some, you know, are mountain climbers. They, you know, they do all kinds of things in addition to teaching. And so for a right. lot of, of teachers, this idea is already in their paradigm. You know, they're already concealed carry holders. And so why, why do they have to be disarmed just because there's this, this imaginary barrier uh, called the sidewalk between the street where they're a, a citizen, you know, enacting their citizens' rights. They cross that, that imaginary barrier, that sidewalk, and now they're on school property and suddenly what they're no longer able to think and function with the training right. and the knowledge that they have it's it's silly to think of it in that way so right and 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 there are some who are saying we shouldn't be arming teachers they have a lot to do they they are teaching our children we shouldn't be arming them and i say i agree i don't want to arm anybody who doesn't want to carry a firearm it's a very serious Mm-hmm. Uh, decision for an individual to make in their lives, as, as we all know, who've made that decision. Um, this is not about arming teachers. This is about uh, asking those volunteers who are saying, please sign me up to be the person who stops the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And these are, by the way, they're teachers, they're principals, they're school nurses, they're janitors. They are any school staff member 
who's approved in this is in Colorado law, who's approved by their school board and who chooses to do this. We would never say, I mean, no gun owner would ever say everybody has to be armed. That's ridiculous. It's like saying, you know, everybody should, you know, own any sort of uh, equipment. Uh, we would never say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, like I say, 900 school staff members in Ohio already in the last five years. So if people think that there's not going to be anybody interested in doing this, they just don't understand uh, who teachers are, who administrators are, who janitors are, who school nurses are. Well, I have a a friend who's just recently uh, become a a congressman, actually, Clay Higgins, who I like what he says. He says, step aside, child, the adults are trying to work, basically. So, you know, (laughs) the people that don't get it. You know, just just step aside. Let us take care of this, and you'll be glad on the other side. But am I too optimistic, do you think, if I say that it's no longer a matter of if all schools end up implementing this eventually in a few years, but rather when they do? Is that too optimistic? You know, I I like local control, and um, so I'm open to the fact that there are some schools that will um, not ever want to do that, and that's that's fine. You know, I live in Colorado, and we have places such as Boulder, Colorado, which is a a liberal bastion. If that community decides uh, not to do that, that is their decision, but I think that we will see in Colorado, uh, like we've seen in many states, um, including Ohio, that a lot of people want to do this. And by the way, Ohio is not the only example um, there are many states where it's never been made illegal, um, states like Wyoming and Utah, where people carry their firearm to work, just like anybody else would carry their firearm to work. So, mm-hmm. um, And there haven't been incidents, uh, despite the way that the, anti, uh, the anti-gun rights crowd likes to say, oh, there's all these problems, name one. Um, they're, they're, they're just not out there. Absolutely. Well, we've got about two minutes left, but I just wanted to switch gears a little bit. And, you know, when we're thinking of the the cultural shifts that we're seeing, you know, when I was a kid, guns were just another tool in the home. But in recent years, they're now seen as evil. But now we have this pro-gun, pro-rights president in Donald Trump. Uh, What would you, I think that our biggest threat now isn't even those who would take our rights, but rather those of us who appreciate our rights being lazy and being apathetic and thinking, oh, right. he's got us. We're good. We can have a nap. What do you think about that? Yep. Yeah, I, I, I am concerned about complacency also. Um, and I think that just as we saw in eight years of the Obama administration, a very anti-gun administration, um, we are three years away, three plus years away from that being a problem again. Mm-hmm. Um You can even say a year and a half with the the, uh, congressional elections. Mm -hmm. We're only a pro-gun majority away from losing them again. And uh, we have to always be vigilant. Um, I'm a member of the National Rifle Association. I I appreciate what they do at the federal level uh, to keep our gun rights. And um, my organization here in Colorado, Colorado for Civil Liberties, um, we are trying to get our gun rights back that we lost in Colorado. So we always have to be vigilant. Absolutely. Well, tell us as we're going out, how do people follow you? How do they buy your awesome book? And maybe is there any more books in the works? Um, Thanks for asking. Um, Best way to find me is at lauracarno.com. You can find out everything I'm up to, what I'm blogging at, and there's you're not going to be able to miss the big picture of my book there. It takes you right (laughs) to amazon.com to buy it. 
Uh, you can also click on the book tab if you want to get an autographed copy. And if folks want to help out um, with what we're doing in Colorado, if they want to get this information to their friends in Colorado, um, they should go to fastercolorado.com. And uh, all the information's right there. Contact me. We are um, filling up our first classes. And uh, we'd love to have, have uh, listeners of your program that live in Colorado as part of our first classes. Oh, fantastic. And uh, any more books? Uh, no, but no more books for it. But yeah, I shouldn't say that. I have a little e. I have a little ebook that is drafted, but nothing, nothing quite ready to talk about yet. Okay, well, that sounds like an invitation uh, to bring you back on the show right there. So when that we'll gets... talk, we'll talk later. Yeah, I love it. All right, well, thank you again so much, Miss Laura Carno, and she's working on Faster Saves Lives to help keep kids school and safe. She's got an awesome book called The Government Ruins Nearly Everything, and you can find out everything about her at lauracarno.com, L-A-U-R-A-C-A-R-N-O.com, including your amazing recipe for spaghetti sauce, which I have tried, and I thank you very <laughs> <Yes>. much. <laughs> yes, you're very welcome. It's a public service. It really was. My, me and my family love it. So, Laura, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Oh, happy Mother's Day. Oh, and she's gone. All right. Well, stick around. We still have our number two of Gun Freedom Radio. Wonderful guest coming up, Miss Linda Walker, who is one of the board members of the NRA, and also our daughter, Cassie Todd Jameson, who's in the studio. Stick around. ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband, Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. <laughs> 